feel the breeze, can't you? I hope you can. I can't. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's 6.55 p.m. on the East Coast. It's a Thursday night in July. It's July 6th, 2023. It's been 23 years since the first days of school that I can go and uh, and sit down in high school. <clears throat> I think it was still senior. No, 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 no. Freshman or sophomore year? I went in to high school September of 99. So... It was by winter of freshman year that I sat down in front of my first term paper or something, some kind of assignment, and at the top right-hand corner where you put your date across from your name, I had to put one slash five slash zero zero. And I said, whoa, that's weird, zero zero. And now it's... 7 slash 6 slash 23. What the hell are these numbers? They're so weird, but um, they're so fun. I'm happy that we're taking this trip, and I'm happy that I was able to see the last 23 years, and hopefully we get another couple of sets of 23 still ahead. And, of course, the other big reason why um, I'm grateful for the last 23 years is because a couple of years ago I got to meet Aurora, and she just called me before I went on the air. She called me. She must ask her mother if she can FaceTime me. And she wanted to tell me what she ate and that she uh, she missed me and that uh, when am I coming home. So that's nice. That's one thing I could have never have anticipated on 1500 in, uh, in high school. But tonight is going to be one of those shows where we kind of talk about the little, not the little things, I think the most important things in life. And we're going to, it's going to be centered around being outside. Got a guest coming in. He's already in the studio. He's chilling out, literally chilling out, because outside is just hot and muggy. It is definitely a summer day, and his name is Walter Zol- Zolna. He's got a uh, a nice little YouTube account that I hope we can get a lot of people to go and follow him in all of his adventures outside, because he's just like you and I. He's an everyman who just spends time outside looking for trails, looking for state national parks and anything else. He can just get lost in the wilderness a little bit and set up cameras and and just show off all of the wonderful streams and hills and valleys and peaks and wonder it's just it's just great stuff and I think it uh, it should inspire some calls from people out there to jump on with us somewhere along the midway point of this broadcast and start sharing with us what the most beautiful places on earth that you've ever set your eyes upon are what were they so you're going to be able to be part of a of this show here tonight as we take a little bit more of a break from the madness we'll do some madness in the in the uh, the pre-show and the grab bag don't worry about that but that's what we have i'm hosting a special guest here in studio tonight walters an outdoorsman who captures cinematic views of trails and parks and natural historical locations all over the country so um can't wait to bring you all along for that ride now tomorrow night it was just going to be me and matt but we have an exclusive now that has come through i'm making about 30 minutes tomorrow night for mr sal greco to be calling in through zoom now sal greco you might have seen him in the news 
over the course of the last few months especially. He is a, uh, a New York Police Department veteran who came under political fire and is now just out of New York State altogether. He's just uh, enjoying his life in Florida. He came under political pressure and heat from the city for his friendship with Roger Stone. Well, he's coming on tomorrow with a big exclusive about some things that have been going on behind the scenes concerning the NYPD and uh, him. So that, that's going to be interesting. He says, I want to call in tomorrow. It's going to be his first time on the show. I wanted his first time on the show to be an in-studio appearance. That'll still happen sometime. Uh, it won't be announced, though. He'll just be here because he's, you know, he's, a, he's a hot ticket item, and who knows who in New York is looking for him. It's one of those kind of things. But I, I want to talk to him about other things, Sal Greco. You know, his family coming over here from, from Sicily, the New York experience. You know, we can just talk as New Yorkers. We can talk. I would love to ask him questions about, you know, all those years on the police force, things he's seen. You know, um, I think it'll be, that'll be a good one. So we have an exclusive for a portion of tomorrow's show with Mr. Sal Greco. And we'll also be doing Sound of Silence reviews, box office feats for Jim Caviezel. There'll be also a little bit of a conspiracy theory buffet tomorrow as well. We'll be jumping into some conspiracy theories too. You can take a theory, leave a theory. And then next week we jump it all, uh, we jumpstart the car again with uh, Don Jeffries, who has a new book out on COVID. But I would love to ask him about the Kennedy assassinations and everything else as well. Really Graceful is going to be on. Michael Collins of Wandering Wolf Productions will be on. We'll be talking about megaliths in Montana. So much more coming your way. And I'm looking to fit Jay Gulinello in here somewhere, too. The week after that, we've got an exorcist coming in the studio. In the studio. I'll have an exorcist in the room. So that'll be good. Maybe. Maybe that'll be good. It may, it may backfire, and my whole life will be ruined. But... um it's all right. I've got my rosaries here and everything's okay. All right. Uh, let's see a little bit more. Oh, uh, of course, bluemonsterprep.com. Go check them out. They love you. I love them. We all love each other. It's just a, a big circle jerk of preparedness. So make sure that you are never left unprepared, whether it be communication, food, water. That's right. Bluemonsterprep.com. Use promo code frankly to get all of your shipping costs expunged. All right. What's this? A note for me. Frank, note to self. Consider the show's tone and relax more. Hold back language and fight with yourself instead of cursing. It's funnier that way. Okay, noted. These are the notes I give myself. I am trying. Some nights are better than others. Oh, here's a little update for you. Now that we're into the grab bag portion of this pre-show. When Jim Lee was on the show last night, he was talking about how he was sitting back and watching Greg Gutfeld, and he was shocked when one of his guests actually pulled out Climate Viewer website and started citing Operation Popeye and the history of weather, weather modification and weather weaponization as is all archived on Jim's sites climateviewer.com and weathermodificationhistory.com which is about to get consolidated into just climate viewer but uh it comes uh, come to here our buddy javi got in touch with me he said oh yeah you know who that guest was on gutfeld it was hotep jesus hotep who's been on the show a couple of times i consider him an acquaintance so look at that 
Okay, on from there. A little factoid to get you started tonight. 702, making all, all right time. This is from Radar Online. A little bit of an update on the Madonna situation. Apparently, oh, there's Walter. She's like, hey, Walter, give everybody a hello there. There you go. See, I brought him on the show too early. Let's get him out of there. What the hell does he think he's doing? All right, Madonna was revived by Narcan. That she had to be brought back from the dead. A terrifying new detail said. You're telling me that's a bacterial infection? Now, maybe it is. Maybe it is. But I know several people who were brought back from the dead from, with Narcan because of overdoses. It's pretty much adrenaline. And um, some, one or two people where the Narcan did not do anything and they're no longer with us. Uh, so I know that this is a serious situation when you take that out and, and use it on somebody. But they are insisting that this was for a, a bacterial infection that went way too far. That just progressed way too And per perhaps some of our medical um, audience members, some of our audience members in the audience, our audience members who are doctors and nurses can give us a little bit. EMTs, let us know. What you think of the likelihood of this is. Madonna's brush with death was far worse than anyone knows, Radar Online exclusively been told. When the Queen of Pop was found unresponsive on June 24th, those who discovered her lifeless body were forced to administer a Narcan injection. Because of, so, because of it, uh, of it, uh, no, no way. No way. Narcan's an emergency medical treatment commonly used to reverse the life-threatening effects of suspected overdose, but it also is used to reverse acute septic shock in patients, a condition Madonna is said to have suffered. Injection commonly held in medical treatment kits of the rich and famous is considered useful in increased blood pressure in the management of septic shock, a life-threatening condition that happens when blood pressure drops to dangerously low level. Now, it is just one man's opinion one man's opinion with absolutely no forensic evidence to back any of this up. Now, I will just say it also is something interesting to, uh, to consider that anybody who is covering this story about Madonna is not using any pictures older or younger than the last 15 years. All the stories, they're using pictures of Madonna from at least 10, 15 years ago. I, is that as seemingly out of respect? Because looking at her right now would give you a little bit of implication of what's going on between the ears. That's what I just think. Anybody who does to themselves what she's been doing, what she has been weird, freaking everybody out in like tubs of milk and all these strange ritualistic videos on Instagram and these public declarations, that it just seems like a person who is addicted to all types of things. Maybe it's not drugs, but it's certainly surgery. It's certainly addictive behavior. So I don't know. Um, and um, we're lied to about everything else. Why not Madonna as well? All right, here's a story from Oddity Central. Police officer reportedly put a three-year-old, his three-year-old son in jail for pooping his pants. Now, let's hear him out at least because maybe there's a, <laughs> let's hear him out. Uh, a Florida police officer has come under fire for reportedly putting his own three-year-old child in jail and even putting him in, hand in handcuffs. This is not good. This is child abuse. But it, it, it makes sense that it's from Florida, the story. Putting him in handcuffs as punishment for pooping his pants. In a conversation captured on body camera, Lieutenant Michael Schoenbrod 
of the Daytona Beach Police Department can be heard telling a Department of Children and Families caseworker that his son was having difficulty with toilet training. I wonder if Lauren's listening to this right now. To teach a three-year-old boy a lesson, he put him in jail on successive days back on October of last year and even handcuffed him on the second occasion. Schoenbrod said that after the traumatic experience, the child vowed to never again poop in his pants. (laughs) No, no. That's not right. I'm not laughing. That's not right. I'm not laughing. He was crying. Yeah, see, that's not right. I was getting the response I expected from him. Oh, this guy's a fucking lunatic. He's a lunatic. Let's just be honest about this. Now, I, I mean, I joke with Aurora about the, the police coming to arrest her all the time. Police are coming to arrest you, but I say it's because you're too cute. I'll say something like that. You're too cute. No, we ordered a baby that was not this cute. I'm sorry. And she goes, no, they're not coming. But, um, but to use this as a toilet training opportunity is not, not good. Parents are only humans, thus prone to errors, so one could label this police officer's idea of potty training as a temporary lapse of judgment, even though he does admit to jailing his son on two separate occasions. However, during his conversation with the caseworker, Schoenberg revealed that he used the same strategy to discipline his eldest son when he was only four for hitting a girl and misbehaving. Well, I don't know. You can send people to their their rooms. You send them to a corner. You put a dunce cap on them. I don't know. What do you think about putting... If you are uh, if you have access to a jail and your son or daughter hit somebody in school, would you ever even symbolically put them in a, you know, say this is, this is where a life of violence will, will lead you? Do you have one of those... One of those Montel Williams moments where the drill instructor comes out, or is this just all inappropriate? You can call in on that later, too. So there you go. On Florida, they're putting kids in jail for pooping their pants. And here's, a, here's one more thing I got for you. A dialysis patient dies during sex in a car with his dialysis nurse. It's from New York, New York Post. A nurse who failed to call for an ambulance, probably because of the shame. A UK nurse had sex with a dialysis patient in his car and then failed to get help when he died of a heart attack, according to a disciplinary hearing that booted her from the profession. Penelope Williams, 42 years old, was found with a long-term patient after he died in the back of his car with his trousers down, according to the Telegraph. She initially told cops in Wales that she only met the man who was not identified because he messaged her saying that he was feeling unwell. Please come out to the car, feeling unwell. I'll feel a lot better once you leave. In the formal meeting with her managers, Williams, who had another partner, quote, denied any sexual relationship with the now dead man and said that she merely, quote, sat in the back of the seat of the back seat of the car for about 30 to 45 minutes while they were just talking. She was going the extra mile. She further explained that the patient started groaning and suddenly died. Oh, I, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that's how it happened. But um, I wonder what they're talking about. Now, I know Mark Swan no longer is doing dialysis out there. He got his he got his uh, kidney transplant and everything's going well for Mark. But had he not had his kidney transplant, he was still on dialysis. And I read this and I had not heard from Mark in a couple of days. I would have suspected the worst or the best. You know, um, it, it could have been. A really good experience obviously it ended in death but um, maybe Mark would have liked that if you're gonna go why not that way right 
All right, that's the end of this. And one last thing, we had covered this a couple of years ago, I feel like, but it's coming out again. This time it's from the Epoch Times. Forever Chemicals, they call it. Forever Chemicals in at least 45% of U.S. tap water. Nearly half of the tap water in the United States is estimated to have what are known as forever chemicals, also referred to as per and poly uh, fluoralkyl. I don't know how to say it. Fluoroalkyl substances, PFAS. The study by the U.S. Geological Survey tested for the, pre- uh, the presence of 32 types of PFAS from samples taken from 716 locations, 269 private wells, and 447 public supplies across the nation from 2016 to 2021. Based on these samples, USGS researchers determined that by modeling that, on average, at least one PFAS is detected in about 45% of U.S. tap water. There are more than 12,000 types of PFAS, forever chemicals, which are invisible man-made chemicals, high levels of which can be linked to adverse health effects, including various cancers, reproductive issues, adverse effects on immune function, but not all of the PFAS types can be detected with current tests. So forever chemicals in the water, that is, um, I'm going to save this one for Jay Gulinello as well. Why anybody is not um, filtering their water at home with a Berkey or a, um, what, what's the other one? I don't know. I'm not sponsored by any of them, so you can do whatever. I actually just cleaned out the Berkey. You know, the, the, um, the, uh, Walter, do you have any, uh, do you, um, filter your water at home with like a, a, a Berkey or anything like that? Britta? Okay, well, w- Walter's got to learn. That's not enough. It's just not enough. Well, the, uh, the, what we had at home, we had the, I changed out the black filters for the first time. They say you, you can do that like every year, year and a half. So I changed it every year. Um, every six months is the white filters for the fluoride and all that stuff. The black ones, when I took those things out, man, it looked like pond scum. It looked like pond scum. I took it out, uh, and the, the good thing is that there was nothing on the bottom. The bottom chamber was, was pristine, but everything on top, oh, man, the interior, everything. I mean, I clean out the best I can, but I never actually clean the, maybe i got to clean those a little bit more. I, I don't know, but it didn't get into the water. It's incredible. It's incredible what's in the tap water. Anyhow, that's all I want to leave you with. It's 712. Let's talk about cleaner environments. Let's talk about pristine nature. That's what we're going to be doing for the rest of the evening. Want to hear from you guys and gals about um, the most beautiful sights you've ever seen in nature, whether it's in your backyard, whether it was overseas or somewhere else in the country. It's going to be a good night. Don't go anywhere. We're getting started in just a moment. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. 
And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Welcome to the show. It's Thursday. It's the sixth day of July. I've got a buddy of my name, of my of my uh, buddy of mine over here. His name is Walter. He's hanging out with me tonight. Hey, Walter, have you ever found a, a uh, an incredible artifact on a trail anywhere? Not yet, but I'm always keeping my eyes open. You know, have you? I, I, that's something that I didn't even think to ask you about tonight. When you go off on trails. Um, do you ever bring any, have you ever brought any equipment like uh, metal detectors, Geiger counters, anything like that? Nothing too crazy like that, no, just basically my cameras and, uh, you know, nothing, nothing crazy like that. Well, he, <laughs> you know what, it's not too crazy, and I think that that would be a really interesting, I'm sure that there are people out there that are always doing that kind of stuff that are, um, that trying to mix uh, mix and match a little bit because there's there has to be hidden treasure all over the place, and I'm into this. I really am. There needs to be something. That either that or the uh, the metal bones of some kind of a lost cryptid or monster or something. Have you ever found any monsters? <laughs> I would like to say that I have, but I haven't. But again, you know, it, there's always the next trail and the next time. So, <laughs> absolutely, there is. All right, everybody. Well, listen, I I only gave you a a very short and underwhelming thumbnail sketch of our, our of our friend over here. Walter, as I said, an outdoorsman. You don't you don't want to be called a, a filmmaker. Um, you, I, you were talking about it before. You're, you're just a uh, an average guy who just has found a path. When did you start walking trails in in uh, in the Northeast, especially? That's where it all started, right? Well, yeah, I've I've been uh, hiking since all my life since I was a, a kid. It really started in my youth, but um, I recently, uh, about four years ago, was when I started my YouTube channel and really started uh, getting more serious into the hikes and uh, exploring the uh, local environs and primarily the Mid Atlantic, primarily Pennsylvania is where I'm based. You went to you? Uh, I saw one of them where you were, you went to Maryland. Yeah, I've been to Maryland a few times. Sure. I know that you were. Uh, I know that you wanted to stop a, to a few places along the way as you drove up here today, but um, this this. Obviously, your work is, you haven't been doing it on the YouTube end for very long, but it's something that you're building. And yes. and I loved it because it's so, um, it's so fresh, it's very raw, and it's just starting out. And with the quality of the, the images that you capture, I just love to see these types of channels grow and people to, to, get, um, to get involved in them. Because, you know, you pull a lot of people in from all over the country that don't have anything like this near them that they know of right some people that can't even get out of the house they might be immobile right and they're living vicariously through your images here so I think that's really um, that's really wonderful um, what did you do before the first hike uh, before you said hey I, I want to actually capture this I want to put it up on YouTube and maybe I can turn this into a series 
in terms of what was my strategy for setting up the no, channel like, or like well, yeah what was the like the the day that you said or what was going on when you said hey you know what this this would actually be something really interesting to do well i had the idea for a while i mean before i actually started my own channel i had been watching a lot of other channels i think like a lot of people you stumble across youtube i was uh searching for destinations and places and i was seeing other people you know filming them and uh, i became very interested in doing that myself and um yeah i mean i just decided to give it a try myself and uh it's it's worked out pretty good for me i, I think so I think so because I I really have had a, a good time watching it all. Now I gotta I got I gotta I want to break some more ice over here with you by pulling something up, and I want to start with the basics here. This is a Gateway Pundit article, and I know everybody at home is going to roll their eyes into the back of their head when they hear it because I know I did. Here we have, and I'll get you on screen with me. Where the hell are you? There you go. Here's the headline. Woke hiking groups create segregated hiking paths for people of color who fear running into a prejudiced hiker. Now, I have never, ever heard of anybody having ha having run-ins on nature trails with, with people who are out there to commit so-called hate crimes or anything like this. Listen, listen to the, the way that this is, um, this is you know, covered. Uh, woke hiking groups in Oregon are creating segregated hiking paths for people of color so they won't have to worry about encountering someone who might be prejudiced. 100% um, fed up reports a black actor in the Oregon Shakespeare Festival named Tyrone Wilson goes hiking on his days off acting as a volunteer hike leader. Wilson is one of the founders of Unlikely Hikers, Outgrown, and People of Color Outdoors. Unlikely Hikers is described on its website as a diverse anti-racist body body liberating outdoor community featuring the underrepresented outdoor person it is a group of adventurers who are plus sized and fat black indigenous people of color queer trans not oh my gosh now let me just ask you something sure i would i would say to me most people are unlikely hikers i i think that we are woefully disconnected from nature and this is something that everybody should be encouraged to do because it's uh, it's I think everybody's missing out I know I certainly am uh, what do you what do you think about um, about people's uh, about the state of the state of our uh, our connection to nature or the the missed connection I think that in, I think that people like uh, as part of our nature as an animal species we came out of nature i think we've definitely lost connection with that uh in, in our modern society um we're very connected to our devices and to this fast-paced world but i think with within all of us there is a a connection to to the natural world people tend to react respond very well when they get out into when they get when they can you know get away from the city when they can get away from all of the stimulus and um Yes, people are disconnected from nature, but you can reconnect with it, and I would encourage everyone to do that because it, it can have a tremendous uh, effect on your your mental, physical health. Uh, it's uh, and yeah. how, how often do you encounter racism on the trails? Never have. And, and you, just, I, I, Never I, have. I thought it was really great, especially with how you know the, uh, a channel your size, which you're just you know you're, you're starting to flirt with two thousand subscribers now. Right. You just did a meetup recently. 
Yes. Tell us all about that because it, I thought it was so impressive to see how many people got together to meet up to go on a on a hike together. Um, this is something that, that you know people don't even try to attempt until they have a larger subscriber base because you don't think that the attendance is going to be that great. But you 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 really put together a nice group there. What was that about? Well, yeah, and I, and I did have some initial nerves about whether, you know, who would show up or not. But that was my attempt to reach out to other people and to give an open invitation to anyone who wanted to come out. There, there's a community of us on YouTube who, who do the same type of content, uh, hiking and, and nature filming. And um, I just wanted to meet people in person. I wanted to extend an invitation to everyone if, if they wanted to come out to come out. And I want to try to develop a sense of community on YouTube. Um, a lot of people I talk to individually were always saying, you know, we'd like to get together. No one ever seems to was willing to step up and do it. And I was willing to step up and do it because, I mean, you got to put your money where your mouth is, right? Oh, it, it, it worked. That's why uh, I think that it also showed me that this is um, a little goes a long way with people who are starting to look into this because it, there's obviously a lot more that's prioritized in actually being out. Um, a lot more people who... You, you just imagine by the nature of <clears throat> the in, the nature of having interest in in this right. that you have interest in making real changes in your your routines and making sure that you are actually living the experience than just you know clicking through pictures and and seeing how nature is somewhere else because it's all around us too but let me ask you this when you're around people and you talk to avid outdoorsmen and outdoors women i, I i'm sure Listen to this, a, um, a quote from the Oregon Live. Wilson's groups, that's what they said, Oregon Live, they, quote, want to make recreational public land feel more welcoming to people who are, quote, more afraid of encountering a person with a prejudice than a mountain lion. What would you be more afraid of, encountering a mountain lion or someone who has a, a backwards preconceived notion about you as a person? I would say probably a mountain lion, but it, you know, it does speak to, there is this, you know, attempt, you know, through governmental agencies to encourage everyone, you know, to get outside. And I think that's their way of doing it. I mean, you know, I don't know about <laughs> some of these stories, but, um, this I, is, this is not, de this is definitely not governmental. I don't think no. these are, these are like private groups, but I, you know, I, you know, the state parks and I'm sure that they want everybody to go enjoy them, but this is just a little ridiculous. A little ridiculous. A mountain lion I would I would not want to encounter at all. Well luckily you don't have to worry about mountain lions in this part of the country if you if you believe that, you know, they've been uh, extirpated, I guess it would be the term, where they no longer exist uh, in the east here. We had one down here about seven about or eight years ago. Ten years ago. Uh, I think, it, yes, in Connecticut, right? Yeah, because we're right near Connecticut. I remember hearing about that story. It had traveled across the country. Shit, for real? Yes. You heard about that in Pennsylvania? Yeah, that was a national story. Wow. Yeah, it, it made it made a couple of uh, made a couple of appearances around here. Okay. And uh, one night we all went looking for it. Well, we didn't look. We just all got into a car and we drove around. <laughs> and we uh, we kind of we never got out of the car. Obviously, yeah, yeah, we just right. drove around the Route One and stuff like that. And said, oh, does that did that look like it? No, no, nothing. But um, I can't believe that that got around. Every once in a while, something like that happens. Some some people believe that there are still remnant populations of mountain lions or cougars in, in the really remote parts of uh, you know upstate New York and uh, central Pennsylvania and you know down through the Carolinas. But you know officially, 
those populations don't exist, but occasionally uh, young juvenile males can you know, travel long distances from their, their habitats you know, in the western part of the country. You gotta watch out for those juveniles. Yeah, always acting up. Always acting up. I do notice, like I said before, what I think is really awesome is that uh, even not even beyond your page, on other people's pages and, and accounts that do what you do, um, I notice from the comments that there's a very distinct mix of people. There are people who are they're they're giving you're giving them motivation to go and explore local areas. You're definitely giving people ideas for travel destinations. And also, there's a lot of people, like I said, who have mobility issues, and they're living vicariously through these videos. Um, what about the anxiety um, fighting against the hesitation to go exploring? I think, I think uh, technology, our jobs, our, all of our responsibilities to the daily grind from Monday to Friday, um, it, it really gives people a little bit more of an undiagnosed agoraphobia, I think. Like, we just would rather stay home, not do anything, and... Uh, put ourselves out there too much do you think that's a, a big thing um it could be i mean for me it's the opposite for me the the daily nine to five grind and you know the the hectic nature of you know the daily life that is what actually propels me to go out you know basically i'm a weekend warrior i work you know full-time job so i'm not at a stage of the game where i can do the do the youtube traveling all over full-time but you know really these trips on the weekends, these hikes and these uh, these places I go, that's like my stress relief and uh, <laughs> mental health. So I would say, don't be afraid to go out there. You know, go out there and see for yourself. You'll find out it, it's it's pretty amazing out there. How many how many na uh, national parks have you had a tally of how many national parks versus state parks you've been to? Is that something that you you keep track of? I, I don't I don't keep track of any particular numbers. Um, there's not really a, a lot of national parks here in the east. Um, most of the national parks are in, in the western part of the country. I haven't done, it, I've traveled, you know, at times I haven't filmed out there. But I'm, I focus more like on like the state parks and the state forests. Um, some of these places are more, they're a little more off the beat, uh, lesser known, I guess you would say. They're more off the beaten path. I was going to say. Um, Which is what I like. Yeah, yeah, with the, with the state parks, how, how well manicured are they? How well taken care of are they? Is this, is this where you would most likely find um, a, a just really untouched, they're just nature preserves where there's, there's very little that you can do to manage all these tiny patches of, of, of park? Is, is this where you can go in and really get lost a little bit and find something that nobody's seen in hundreds of years? I w well, no, I wouldn't say the state parks because the state parks are... are specifically designed to accommodate people you, you you will have facilities there you'll have you'll have picnic areas you'll have you'll have bathrooms you'll you'll have the state parks can have wilderness areas but they also are more designed to accommodate people so if you're like getting into hiking state parks would be a good choice now state forests are much less developed they have much less in terms of uh, amenities it's more of like uh less developed that's that's where you would go for for more of like a wilderness experience really but yeah okay. i would say so and, and, and when it's so when it comes to wilderness experiences how often are you staying overnight in some of these places as often as i can but again it's everything's dictated for me currently by my my schedule uh, you know i actually i actually work two jobs i have a, a you know a parent I, that i live with so i i can only travel for so long you know so far because you got to assist them and with their with their you take care of them to an extent mm -hmm. i mean to an extent but um yeah i mean 
I guess mostly like overnight trips, one night, sometimes two or three nights. I just recently did a backpacking trip on the uh, old loggers path that was like 30 miles in, in, in three days. Um, that was a really nice trip. But um, I, yeah. I find that so so inspirational right there because it, these are all the real these are the excuses that we all give ourselves, all the reasons why there's not enough time. Right. And that right there is a uh, oh, a way of saying, well, hey, uh, there is time, and it's not a matter of you know reprimanding people for for making or making an excuse. I mean, if you're if you're if your responsibilities are, I mean, you know what responsibilities you have during the week, but sure. perhaps it's just one of those things to give yourself and everybody else a uh, a nudge and say, no, 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 you you can do this. Give give some time to yourself. What what is the the tell us about the sights, the sounds. Uh, the spirits of the outdoors. What, what do you try to that you try to capture specifically in your your photography that you have obviously you take out in, in an amateur sense. But um, what, what are the things that you really love focusing in on? Um, I really just try to create a cinematic immersive experience. I try to for let let the viewer see uh what i'm seeing through my eyes uh with the camera but i, I really enjoy filming specifically i enjoy filming waterfalls uh, moving water um you know scenic vistas overlooks um uh, anything unusual you know caves anything that you can find that's you know a little bit different but um i, I really try to bring the i try to give a perspective of when i'm doing my hikes and my videos i want you to feel like you're there with me. I want to. I'm not. It's not about me. I'm. I'm the host. Nature is the star of the show. I want you to be immersed in nature, and uh, you know that's kind of how I look at it. I got. I got a little clip over here. This is. This is from Peppermint Park, okay. in Pennsylvania. This is right when you are launching your drone. Right. And I'd love to talk to you a little bit about working with a drone because I. I. I'd, I would love to have one, but I just feel like. I'll go spend fifteen hundred dollars on this thing, and then I'm gonna crash it in five seconds. Oh. <laughs> you know, I, I'm so nervous about that yeah. aspect. Well. But but then when you do something like this, listen, watch this. So this is this is a little bit of what you do, and I hold on. I love those. I love these shots right here. I think you pick perfect, look at that, beautiful stuff. I think you pick perfect music too. I love the, the ambient music. And it's, uh, it, it's just really relaxing and it's, um, it's good stuff. Yeah, I, drone, drone photography is, 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 oh, yes. is beautiful. And uh, there are a lot of restrictions, however, on, on filming with drones. It's something that you have to keep in mind. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking at it, man. Oh, damn! I just like I, I love it. I love it. It really is. Uh, it's really well played. And you know, you say here's oh here's a nice gladiator shot. It's like the opening of Gladiator yeah, right there. Yeah, it kind of does look like that. It's like you're in Tuscany. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Yeah, I um I, I love this. There's also a lot of mountain views. Let me see. There's a uh, is this one backpacking in Pennsylvania wilds, the old loggers path. Okay. This is a 28-mile adventure you're on? Yes, just oh. recently. Now, let's see. Now, this this spot right here, I love. Look at that. 
I love it. I love when people do very tasteful time lapse videos. Um, but when you are able to get that high up and you're actually able to create an aerial view without with you just being on the top of a peak and you're that's that's just let breathtaking. You, let me tell you something. That was a hell of an effort to get to that overlook that day. I was there. I was there with my uh, hiking partner for that trip, a uh, fellow YouTuber named Hiker Dude Dad. I'll give him a little shout out. And uh, it looks all beautiful and uh, and amazing, but we were struggling to get to that point on that uh, on that hike. So that, so was, a, that was a big climb. I was gonna say, what, what's the elevation right there? Or how how high up did you have to go for that shot? Um, I think the well the elevation actual from sea level was probably about 2,200 feet. It it and I think we did about a 1,000 foot climb, but it was towards the end of the day. We had already put in about uh, you know 12 or 13 miles. I mean. For a lot of big-time hikers out there, that's not a huge distance, but you know, for us, it, it was pretty good. So what about training? Uh, obviously, to do anything like this, hiking for people, even if it's just a local trail in a local nature reserve, or if they're, they're walking up and down the street a couple times a day, uh, this is a way to get in shape. But, oh, yeah. you know, um, then, you, then you start getting into territory where you need to be able to get in shape to do the hikes. And so is this something that has just gradually built up for you? Have you always, have it, 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 has it been, uh, I don't know, or, I mean, if you're working in construction or something like that, you obviously. It helps a little bit. It helps a bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely uh, different levels of hiking. I mean, all the way from your, your basic um, simple stroll in the park to, um, you know, an easy day hike to a more intense day hike to overnight. Then you go to, to backpacking. Then you go to like the really crazy guys who are like the through hikers. You know, the people who will walk the Appalachian Trail or something. You, know, to, you have to be a, a pretty much a masochist, I think, to uh, to do something like that. But it's definitely something you want to work your, yourself into. If you're thinking about getting into doing some hiking, I mean, if you figure just basic road walking, uh, a, a hike of the same distance is going to be two to three times more strenuous you're going, you're, you're going up and down over routes stepping over things around things and just something to consider yeah no hey I, I was considering it the moment i started sifting through all of your work so there's i, I know what goes into this stuff um yeah. and and, uh, and people think because it's mainly walking uh any time that you just have a little bit of an incline, oh, that's walking go, and then if you have you're carrying gear with you at least right. a little bit, right? I mean, ten added pounds outside of what is a uh, a straight walk on a boardwalk is 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 significant, especially if you're going. At, this was 28 miles. This one last. This last one, right? And we were my pack was about about 30, 30 to 32 pounds, depending on how much water I was carrying on me. So, and it's mostly water. No, I'm just saying it. it, it well, I guess one a 32 ounce bottle of water it would weigh about what, two two pounds I think. So depending on how much water you're carrying on your person at a time, you would basically we would stop at streams and, and filter the water. We were talking about filtering the tap water, but you know you would filter filter water directly from the mountain streams. You know, fill up your water bottle. But yeah, about 30 pounds for for our packs for oh, average. There's a great question. Let's talk about training just for being in the elements. Um, I mean, some days you're just going out for a hike throughout the day. Other days you're staying there overnight. Uh, what are you taking with you on an average on an average excursion? There is it. Uh, uh, you know, what, what, how do you how are you filtering water? I mean, we all watch Bear Grylls doing the doing the the filtration through the ground through two parallel scooped out holes and whatever i'm not doing all that you're not doing that <laughs> shit but um are you bringing like life straws and stuff um, like that what uh sawyer water filter okay it's a it's a basic standard of the 
pretty much every backpacker carries a version of that. It, it's pretty simple. You just fill up a bladder and then you put the water through. Uh, you just squeeze it through a filter. They call it a Sawyer squeeze or you know a Sawyer filter. Um, it, it depends on how long of a hike you're going. I mean, sometimes you might just bring a couple of bottles of water with you. Mm-hmm. Depends on the weather conditions. You know, there's a certain um, certain recommended items I would recommend you would carry in a day pack if you were going to go on a hike. Um, you know, water being the number one thing, prob- probably. <clears throat> what about what about food? Have you ever done? Have you over the over these years of doing this now? Have you started to understand the local uh, flora to know what is edible berries, things like that, or you just really just pack something to eat, or you don't eat at all until you get back to the uh, your your car or whatever? No, I mean you definitely want to uh, have some items with you to uh, keep your energy level up. Um, but usually for me, like basic snacks like. Um, Beef jerky, um, you know, trail mix, uh, mm-hmm. things like that. I mean, you know, maybe a little bit, even a little bit of candy, for some sugar. Don't you think it's a little cliche to bring trail mix on a hike? <laughs> and the, the cliche Snickers bar is always a good one. You, you just want to have something to keep your energy level up. You don't want to over overpack, but it, it depends on how far you're going. I mean, if you're obviously going overnight, they have, you know, backpacking meals where you it's basically dehydrated food. Um, what, what about cocaine? Does that get you through? You know, I, I, I wonder. Like, Maybe in the White House. I, I was going to say, in the White House, you know, there's nothing but there. What, they have elevators in the White House. Still, they're all doing cocaine. And here you are. You're traveling up and down mountains, and you're staying clean. I give you credit. I give you credit. Um, <laughs> I, I do it because I love it. I mean, I have, I have a real passion for it, and I think a lot of people do. I mean, it's the kind of thing that the more you do it, the more you get into it. Definitely. Well, okay, let's see here. Uh, what else we got? Um um, oh, oh, that's right. So we were talking about overnights a little bit. You said you have done overnights from time to time. Um, how isolated, how isolated have you have you been in all of these? And I, I want to make sure I want to make sure everybody at home knows we're not talking about um, it, Walter is not a survival expert or anything like right. that. We're just talking about na- you know nature gazing, being out there, doing things that everybody could be doing. But I I like seeing to what extent people go. But this is not not a an extreme thing, um, uh, not at all. So, as far as how isolated have you gone? You're talking about national, uh, you know, state forests versus state parks. How one is more developed than the other? Um, you know, what what were the limits of your wanting to be in the middle of it alone? Well, that's actually that's actually an interesting question because I really I do want to push myself to go out as far as I can um, within reason. Um, but the, the north uh, central part of Pennsylvania uh, has a vast expanse of uh, open space and forest land, about 2.1 million acres, um, uh, and there's a lots of excellent uh, forests there. Um, I did a hike back in I think November at, to a place called the Buffalo Creek Gorge. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing about this hike is that there's a trail that will lead you into the gorge, but then once you get in there, it's kind of this, like, rocky canyon. There's no trail at all, so it's it's basically a bushwhack, and uh, you have to climb over all these giant rocks. And um, I heard about the hike. Other people have been there, but no one's ever actually filmed there. So one of the things... One of the things I d- like like to do with my uh, with my channel and my content is I like to really try to find these off the radar places that are not well documented and, and try to document them. Uh, 
especially in Pennsylvania too, that we have like state game lands that are mm. primarily set aside for uh, for hunting and uh, you know hunters and, and you know tra- you know fur bearing and whatever trappers. Do like. you hunt at all? No, I do not. Okay, you, okay. No, I'm not. I'm not a hunter. Um, I think hunting is kind of like I have nothing against it at all. I think it's something that you're either born with and it tends to be passed down generationally. I agree with you. Hunting. But um, obviously you, you can learn it in a pinch because it's just like li- that that is we're talking about sustenance there. Yeah. Not necessarily game hunting, but we're talking about sustenance. Oh, that sure. that is uh, I mean uh if it's life or death, I will I will find a way to kill a squirrel and oh. I will find a way to have to handle the body. I don't know what I I don't want to do it, <laughs> but I, I don't no, want to yeah. die. You, you got to eat. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you know. got to eat. Absolutely. So okay, so you so you will find places that are not necessarily on any of the uh, the maps, and and you'll, you'll try to just document it for your own records. And and now of course you have the the channel. Yes, I mean yeah, I, I do I really do a lot of research um, in various different ways. I mean you know scrolling Google Maps. I mean whatever whatever books or anything I could find on the internet. Um, again, there's value in in hiking at places that are well known and and common and there's also a value to if, if you of the mind of wanting to try to challenge yourself and see what's out there you know you just you got to look and you, you'll find it so you just did this this meetup um and you were talking about having a hiking partner a buddy of yours that you're that you go out and, and you do this with uh, are you you usually go out in groups or at least uh one or two because there are there is a lot of videos out here that just seem to be just you oh yeah I, I was gonna say i'm almost exclusively a solo hiker that that one video that you you showed of us at the top of the mountain there a sharp top i was just pointing out the other other fellow there that but 90 percent of the time i I'm, I'm a solo hiker. I, it's kind of hard for me, me to find people that want to wake up at 3 a.m. and drive 180 miles and <laughs> and, and go out and do this kind of thing. I mean, it, on their only day off. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> and and that's the whole point here is yeah. is, is making you know uh, seizing whatever time that we have for ourselves because you know the, you don't get paid to do this, and it's probably the reason why that right now you are just concentrating on the Northeast. Yeah, I mean, well, to tell you the truth, if you actually think about it, um, it, and it ends up being a lot of money out of my own pocket, really. It costs me a decent amount of money to put these put these films together, and I'm not complaining about that because I consider it my hobby and my passion. But um, what were you saying? No, no, no. And it's gas, especially. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I, that, so, that's huge. So, so gas, tolls, um, yeah, I mean... And you know, editing. I mean, if depending on if you go by the, the measure of time being money, I mean, you know, it takes me about twenty to twenty to twenty-five hours to edit one, uh, you know, fifteen twenty-minute video. It, it, it's got to be at least that, yeah. Because you know, I, I think about all the time that goes into putting out a, th- a, a really well-edited three-minute video. You need at least twenty minutes worth of of uh, footage sometimes to oh, be yeah. able to, you know, that it, it, the people yeah. don't understand how that gets distilled. Right. Right. Yeah, there's this, a lot of people just see the finished product, and you know, I, I think all, for most people in our society, we're, we've we're bombarded our whole lives with um, media images from birth, and we're always seeing everything done perfectly on TV. So, like again, like I said, I'm an amateur, and uh, but trying to get better. And uh, I think you're doing great. Um, uh, and I, like I said, it's, uh, I, I wanted to. I wanted this this right here. I was hoping it was going to be a little bit more of inspiration for myself too, doing a little bit more uh, better at at things like that, going outside of my routine and 
and we'll see where it goes. But you know, I, I know that you are. You had mentioned it not too long ago that you are a a, a fan of coast to coast you are a fan of the the paranormal and you listen to a lot of media that you are a lot more prone to sitting around and listening to talk radio in your free time than listening to music yes so with you being out there in these outdoor situations all the time and sometimes hanging out at night inside of forests and parks and stuff and yes. sleeping out do you ever think about missing 411 stories or are you ever trying to pick up on whether or not one of those anomalies are happening to you or what oh yes um for sure it's something that will cross your mind from time to time uh especially when you really start getting deeper out there it, one thing that's interesting too is sometimes the the sky and the uh the clouds and the sun like for example if you could be walking through a forest and it's a nice sunny day and then the the uh, sun goes behind a cloud and everything darkens it changes the mood of everything like really really quickly but yeah your mind can start playing tricks on you so yes I, i'm a, a big fan of coast to coast and uh i have you know looked into the missing 411 thing I, i'm i'm fascinated by it I'm, I'm a skeptic, but I'm, I'm curious. And obviously, as someone that goes out into the woods by themselves and you hear the stories about people uh, disappearing mysteriously and under strange uh, circumstances, it's definitely something that's a thought in the back of my mind. It's something you, you actually you try to fight against it because you don't want to be thinking about that, really. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, well, listen, I'm happy that you haven't had any missing 411 experiences. You wouldn't right. be here. I wouldn't be here, yeah. Um, that's 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 part of it. But what about the people that you hang out with? Um, have you collected any stories from other people where when they're in the woods and there's strange lights from the, the middle of the woods or there's strange lights in the sky or there is a, a strange howl that is not an elk, it's not a fox, it, 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 it has to be something gigantic and big bigfoot like what kind of stories have you collected from people who are out there doing the same thing you have um there's there's i think that there's just two categories of people there's the, the people who just outright believe in these uh phenomenon and there's those that outright dismiss it i mean i can't say for me personally i've ever come across anything like really crazy i i kind of wish that i would i'm looking for the, a, a real experience I mean, it's easy for me to say that now, I guess, because I'm because I'm sitting here. But <laughs> maybe I wouldn't feel that way when I was out there. But um, nothing, nothing really out of the ordinary. Um, I have actually been giving some thought, though, to producing my own um, like quasi Bigfoot documentary, like Search for Bigfoot. Um, apparently, Pennsylvania is the records the highest sightings of Bigfoot out of every state in the country, ex except for uh, I think the outside of the Pacific Northwest. So apparently Pennsylvania is a, uh, a hotbed for Bigfoot. So I was thinking about trying to find one of the most remote parts of the state. And, you know, I've, the, the ideas have been percolating in my head of I'm putting together my own little uh, documentary quasi search for Bigfoot. Let's see here. There, when it comes to where is Pennsylvania, I'm trying to look at all of the Perhaps North America's most famous cryptid, Bigfoot, large hairy ape man, is said to have inhabited forest that's Pacific Northwest. But I'm trying to find out a map of cryptids. All of because we we've got them all over the place. Northeast has oh. a lot of 
lot of, I mean, we got the Jersey Devil and stuff like that around here. But uh, that would be interesting. Obviously, it's going to be interview based because you don't have any of your own stories. But that that could be that could be really fun. And I think a, a, a side category of that stuff on your channel would would intrigue a lot of people because you know everybody's they want to see something like that. Um, or they at least want to have some kind of confirmation one way or another. And the, the skeptics who are turned into believers, those are the most important ones to talk to. Right. Um, but forgetting about the, the paranormal or the supernatural just for a second, what about the mystical? I mean, I... Or, or even semi-spiritual, religious, weird... Uh, not, not real, but, but inspiring. There's something going on there. I saw one of your other videos where you, you prepare the audience... You're, you're, you're filming. You prepare them for the sun coming over the ridge. You were on a trail somewhere, okay. and you were preparing them for how, you know, this time of the day, once the sun comes over that ridge, when it, once it comes over the tree line, and it really just shines that first kind of official morning light on everything, it just become you just feel like you're doused in magic. Um, talk about those experiences a little bit more. Where have you found those in, in different settings? Is it just sunny times is it you talk about the rain where do you have those kind of like bone chilling but really nice magical goose bumps kind of feelings i mean every 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 hike is unique every every hike is special that's that's part of what i my message to people out there as well um you know you don't have to go to the most famous place and you don't have to be at Yosemite or Yellowstone to, to experience uh, the magic and the raw beauty of nature. I mean, it's it's always out there. Um, yeah, definitely sunrise is, is a special time. Um, Do you sun prefer sunrises over sunsets? <laughs> yeah, that's an age-old argument, isn't it? Um, yeah, well, I think sunrise represents a new beginning. I mean, it represents a new day, uh, a new beginning, a new chance to be a, a, a new person and, and to get a fresh start. And um, yeah, sunrise is, is is a beautiful time. I mean, for me, I'm a I'm a morning person, so I tend to be up always before the sunrise anyway, wherever I may be. But um, there's no particular location. I mean, on the ocean, it's a great place. Sunrise on the beach, you know what I mean. The colors in the sky, the the pastel colors that that lighten up, you know, anywhere really. I re I remember uh, my wife and I. We were in Maine. <clears throat> We were in Maine. We were in Acadia, and I'm heading there this uh, fall. Oh, dude, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna love it. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what you produce yeah. because I mean, we we went up there with our shitty phones, and and we still have memories forever. So what you're gonna be able to do, I don't know. If they're, they're probably not gonna allow you to fly drones in there. No, but, not in a national park. But no. you can get to the top of of Cadillac Mountain and, right. and see some really great stuff just with the naked eye. And I uh, I remember we were watching a. We were watching a sunset out there on one of the one of the, the parking spots on uh, like halfway up Cadillac Mountain, and the next day, we were just driving around the park. We pulled over to just one of many parking areas, and everything is just dense woods, mm -hmm. dense woods. Right. And we was like, oh, you know what? Okay, let's just park right here and let's just walk in. That's probably not a good idea in many places, but we weren't going to go too far from the car, yeah. which is what everybody says. And then they they, they get found dead less than a, <laughs> yeah. less than a half a mile from where they parked. Well, yeah. They just get turned around and it's over. Um, so my wife and I we put on these you know the utility packs. We had some binoculars. We had some things that we can tools we can use. When we went in there, sure. And we were we were walking around and 
the sun was so gorgeous coming through all of these these densely you know growing trees and then all of a sudden there was a tiny clearing and the sun came down and it shone right on to a a nice sized boulder and on the top of the boulder was a red squirrel who's dying it wasn't it hadn't been attacked it wasn't mangled but in the middle of this very quiet patch of forest that we we, we just wandered into there was just an opening at the top it is shone down on this boulder and there was a red squirrel laying there that every so often would take a breath and you can see that it was just at the end Wow. And I, so when I'm talking about those experiences that stick with you, that you never expect to, you know, some people find things. That the fact that we found this 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 creature, this 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 animal that was having experiencing its last moments there in the sun in this gorgeous little patch of, it was um, it was sad, but it was also beautiful, and um, I don't know. We wish we could help, but then it's just like no, no, you're. It, everything's exactly the way it's supposed to be meant to be yeah, yeah man so that's, that's so what, interesting things like that um those are the stories i always like trying to get out of people if they happen to you over time things that uh maybe i don't know not too over the topic to you would think it's mundane a squirrel dying in the woods but like that, it almost looked like the like the the Holy Grail. No, yeah, clearly. I mean, it stuck with you, so, I mean, clearly. Nutty. All right, well, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to open up the calls, open up the lines. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you are just going to be part of the show here. It's me. It's Walter Zolna of the Walter Zolna uh, YouTube uh, account. We have him linked. If you're watching on YouTube, I have him linked, actually hyperlinked, in the description there. But no matter where you're watching this, his... Uh, channel uh, uh, link there is going to be included in the description so you'll be able to click through check him out and all the work that he does and like I said it, this is really a, a very common experience that we're trying to try to really get into your lives and talk about the most beautiful sights you've ever laid eyes on it could be in your backyard a moment of of uh, silence in your backyard where there's just the right time of day at dusk or whatever the hell it is were you overseas were you on the sea let us know a moment where nature really swept you up and uh, and carried you to a somewhere where you you could I don't know you could just be uh, you could have sworn that you were in heaven or you had been given a glimpse of heaven in that in that moment that's what i want to hear from you on the other end all of your heaven on earth stories hiking through heaven we'll be right back 914-200-0269 make sure you write it down 914-200-0269 call us up and also get into the gilded chat we have on-air call set up on gilded i have set up a special line on gilded it's the beautiful places chat so get in there and um, and let's have a good time in the second half. Don't go anywhere. We're here with Walter Zolna. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Ladies and Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah. 
super chats and i'll be uh we'll, we'll bring uh walter back into the mix here and take some of your calls the number is 914-200-0269 i want to hear about moments in your life the most beautiful place on earth for you that you have seen it could be a small clearing in a local park it could be a moment that you had at uh, a national park somewhere the blue grotto it could be anywhere that you're just like wow I, I have just been given a glimpse of heaven because the whole point that Walter uh, represents is that those little glimpses are all around us and that no matter what kind of a busy life you lead and everybody is, is living a, a busy, stressed out life to one way or another and they're dealing with it like we all have to do. We have to get on with it, but you need to take care of yourself and taking care of yourself means to, uh, to keep yourself connected to what we are. Lots of calls coming in. We'll get to those in a second. Uh, Mark Swan commented on the dialysis nurse. He said, I wish some of my dialysis nurses would have been that cool. <laughs> As to leave him dying in a car after, after talking with him. After making him groan uh, in a car through conversation. All right. Well, that's... Uh that's good. And then everybody was co commenting and debating on uh, what is a proper way of of disciplining a child uh, when they are having poopy poopy problems. And anyway, uh, well, we can also talk about the the diversity, how to make hiking more diverse. You know, Walter, there was a uh, there was an article from NPR that I had read on the show at this point it could have been before covid so a while ago uh but npr was was covering a very important story and of course they're they're subsidized by the taxpayers so you know they're always doing work for all of us um how bird watching has a very racist past so we had to make sure we had to make sure that bird watching was diversified and that yeah. uh, many birds should be renamed and 
Uh, have you gotten any better at bird watching? And, and you know, we talked a little bit about flora, but what about fauna? Have you have you been able to really just pick out animals just by the way that they're they're chirping and and, and talking to each other? And what else? Yeah, I, you you start to learn to read the forest a little bit over time. Um, getting getting better at my birds and my trees, and uh, you know most of the larger mammals are pretty easy to identify. Yeah, but uh, there's there's really so many species of birds out there. I mean, I'm not like picking up on individual bird calls and saying, oh, you know, that's a that's a Swanson's Oriole or whatever it may be. But you know, you you start to you start to read the forest and learn learn things the more you get out there. For sure. That's it. Okay, we we have a uh, one from Duku Dan. Duku Dan says, "Hunter, don't tell me that you're innocent because it insults my intelligence, and it makes me very angry." Which are you? Who are you talking about? Hunter Biden? I I know that it's the 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 Michael Corleone line when he's talking to Carlo at the end, right before Carlo gets strangled to death in the car. But just don't tell me that you're innocent. It insults my intelligence. Thank you, Dan. Stowe Stube, thank you so much. Uh, Alaska Matt says, Alaska born and raised during summer and sunrises and sunsets combined for hours of beautiful colored skies. Then in the winter, being on top of a mountain, seeing the ends of the earth, still all inspiring after 37 years. That is from Alaska Matt. Let's take a call from Marcus. Marcus, welcome to the show. You're on with Walter and I. What do you got for us? Frank, 2007, right outside of Montana, driving up a mountain on an old Forest Service road at night, stopped at a boulder that blocked our road. We were in a Ford Ranger, excuse me, a Ford Ranger. We get out of this boulder, and there's our campsite. So it's midnight. I mean, it's like dark, dark, dark. And we get done setting up our camp. We climb up on top of this boulder, and it's a lake. And the lake is like on the top of the mountain and it oversees um, just forever. It's like an infinity pool. Wow. And if you've ever been to Montana, it's definitely big sky country and it's just absolutely breathtaking. You know, you are not even the second person. I, I had a handful of people, I think three or four people now, with yourself included, have called in or emailed me to talk to me specifically about Montana. Uh, it's about either if yeah. it's uh, I think uh, what I got an email here before from Katie Sky in the uh, in the Gilded. She uh, one of the things she had mentioned was St. Thomas. It was the the beaches on St. Thomas, but also the night sky in Montana. And she's not the only one to be talking about Montana for uh, both day and night. So I mean, this I mean, there's something about that state. Keep hearing about it. Maybe it's just the, the Yellowstone milk- series. But anyway. Yeah. The Milky Way looks like a cloud. Right. It's just absolutely stunning. That is the the cloudy the cloudy the cloudiness of the Milky Way is something the re, the biggest reason why we love going up to the Adirondacks every October, um, because you will get that you will get that cloudiness of it, and it's it's incredible. Not like probably what they have in Montana or even Western Pennsylvania. I read that in the Northeast over here, the darkest best night skies you can get are in western pennsylvania yeah there's a location called uh cherry springs state park it's known for like really dark skies but yeah the adirondacks too but i think the 
the caller is right. I mean, the, the dark skies at night, if, if you're a city person and you've never seen an actual Milky Way, uh, you want to talk about an inspiring thing to see a truly dark sky. That That is a special thing to see. Oh, yeah. No, it's, uh, Marcus, thank you so much for the call. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, I just I just want to say Yellowstone at any time. It's just freaking gorgeous. It's really? incredible. It's like a third world or another planet. It's just awesome. Have you ever seen Old uh, Old Faithful? Old Old Faithful erupt? Oh yeah, yeah, multiple times. I yeah, I've been there with my wife and I, and I, my, on that same trip to Montana, we came back through um, Yellowstone and saw it then too, and that was. 20 years ago or whatever 15 years ago yeah i just yeah. I gorgeous just, that's amazing I, I would love to see a i would love to see a geyser you guys are doing this thing marcus thank you so much for the call and thank you to the bird in the back for for uh contributing as well uh let me t- hold on let me make sure that the call is up there you go 914-200-0269 you can also jump into the gilded we are taking calls there now it is has a uh, beautiful call quality just like we used to have with discord so jump in there as well um there's a here's a little bit more um no we're oh here this is from trail trail sent this in to me earlier on today he said wish i could call in but i'll be at a concert frank while i'm while i was in afghanistan i was in such a remote location or remote locations around twelve thousand feet and saw beautiful raging rivers and mountains and took pictures that would be in National Geographic if I'd had a nice camera. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. I I hear a lot about people, uh, veterans overseas, that even though they're out in combat situations, there are are moments where all of a sudden they are just struck with the most undeniable beauty that it, it sticks with them. Sure. And it balances a lot of things out. I've I've had that more than a couple of times come in. Um, let's see here. We got a caller. What's going on? Caller, you're on the air. Hello. This is Lynn. Lynn, welcome Hello. to the show. How are you? I am good. How are you? Good. Is it good. hot where you are? Oh, yes, it's hot. Yes, it is hot. We're, we're at least out of the triple digits. I'm only in the double digits today. Oh. Okay, I have so many things to say about California. Go ahead. Having been raised mostly in Southern California on all those beaches, but I'm not going to bore you with the beaches talk. Um, I've got two things to say about Yosemite Valley. Mm. First of all, I am not a camper, but in my really, really early youth, uh, um, early adult, young adulthood, um, probably late 20s, maybe early 30s, we went on a camping trip. Again, I'm not a camper. This was back in the day when you could actually drive your automobile through Yosemite, and we were driving down this path, and all of a sudden, everybody stopped, and this breathtakingly huge, I mean huge, I've seen big deer with big sets of antlers, but all of a sudden there was this moose with, you can't even describe the difference in the size of a moose and its antlers compared to a deer. Mm. And we're all just paused there with our mouths hanging open, waiting for the moose to walk across the path. And it gets to the other side. And I thought that would be the most breathtaking thing I saw that particular trip. And it gets all the way to nighttime and we're in our tents. And I believe it was in the time when the tents actually had, this was in Curry Village. So right in the middle of, middle of Yosemite Valley in the village, the tents had wood-like uh, plank floors and canvas covers. I went out in the middle of the night, dark, 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 probably to visit the outhouse. I don't remember, maybe just to go outside and see what it looked like. And I, don't, and I remember being in a ring of really, really tall trees, 
before it was dark. But when it's pitch black dark and that ring of trees is still there, standing in the middle of that village, looking up, I felt like that whole ring of trees had moved in and I was standing there all by myself, five foot four, and the trees were like right next to me, like arms length away. That's it. And going straight up to the touching the heavens, I felt all alone there, little, little, tiny, small, and those trees were so tall all of a sudden. And I knew they hadn't really physically moved in, but that's what I felt like. Yeah, I, I and that's I, my sto- two stories. I love those stories, uh, especially the the trees and um, how you can see them with uh, in the foreground with that endless sky in the uh, in in the background yeah. there there is something um, w- especially when you're all alone in those situations and thank you so much for the call Lynn beautiful stories um, Walter when you're I, I think it all comes back around to um, the personal experience you can be there you can share these things with people it can be just as sentimental and, and amazing and and spiritually uplifting but when you come face to face with what seems to be a almost um, I don't know, just a, a very uh, spiritual experience to be so intimate with nature, where you know that people have been in this situation, that there are people watching that sunset all over the world, that there are millions of people probably watching that very same sunset, but from where you are, you're the only one there, and it right. feels like it's just for you, that it almost is a little bit overwhelming. That, uh, wow, like, like don't, don't pay this much attention to me, please. You know, and it's embarrassing sometimes. It's just so incredible. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's times where, I, you know, I don't want to. I, I Sometimes I, I get overcome with emotion at, at, at certain points because it, it's so beautiful. And it, I feel like it's such a, a blessing to be out there, to have that opportunity. I mean, as you were saying earlier, some people aren't able to get out there physically. Some people, because of their age, because of transportation, um, you know. Yeah, I ha- you ha- you have moments out there where you're just overcome by the by the uh, the surroundings, and uh, it just you you f- you feel really great grateful to be there and great grateful to be alive. Yeah, it, it's, it is a, it is like a spiritual can be a spiritual experience for sure. How long does the, how long does that charge? Uh, I mean, you see someone like Lynn over here that calls in, or Marcus, or anybody trail. Um, they they take them they take these experiences with them all throughout their lives and uh, especially if they are inspired to look, think back at those times, you can feel those same good feelings as before and it, it can be something that really regulates you. When you go out on a weekend and you have your time in nature and then you get on back because. Before the crack of dawn on Monday, you're back to the construction site or whatever. Right. How how does that does it carry you through to the uh, to the end, or does the magic fizzle around uh, uh, Wednesday? <laughs> it's hard to keep the energy up. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> it it uh, reality settles in, you know, at some point. But then there's always the thought in the back of my mind, well, I can go chase that again next weekend. Yeah, but I did want to say about uh, Yosemite. Apparently, because of the the record uh, snowfall they had uh, this prior winter that they're saying that they're having like the most amazing displays of the the waterfalls out there i've seen some videos on like instagram and stuff where some of those waterfalls out there are just like raging torrents of water it's it's pretty incredible are you because of the because of how your your channel is coming together and you are being consistent with it and people are starting to especially those who seek this kind of content um I'm sure that people who are subscribing to you or subscribing to other people like you are you are you finding um, communi- uh, communications and connections being built up with people like you in that area of the country? You talking all the time now? 
Yes, yes, absolutely. That's that's been a, uh, an interesting part of the experience too. You begin begin networking with uh, like-minded people. I mean, the people who are seeking out this type of nature content. Yes, there is a, there is an overlap. I mean, between myself and and others. I mean, there's a lot of people that are that are doing this. I mean, you know, some do it a little better than others, and everyone brings their own perspective, which is kind of a neat thing too. It's kind of a neat to see you know, maybe how I would show a particular park or trail or maybe how someone else would show it. Uh, so you can, you can get different perspectives and, you know, that, that's an interesting part of it as well. I think that that's great. That's great to kind of bum off each other like that, especially if, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's advantageous for somebody who lives near Yellowstone and those areas in the Pacific Northwest to be around that. Uh, but they, they may have as many travel restrictions as you do. I mean, right now, right. Uh, you are going to obviously investigate everything that your car can get to within a, a, a you know certain amount of time to be able to get back, to get back to, to the everyday, un, unless you plan a vacation, of course. Exactly. And they may not be able to get over to the East Coast. So you're, it's all, I think that's great how everybody is providing new pieces of the puzzle right. that you, know, you need a real budget to be able to go and dedicate this, oh. go anywhere with that. Yeah, no doubt. All right, well, 914-200-0269. Let's get a couple more in. Here is a call. 612, you're on the air. Go ahead. 612? Hello? Hello, hello. Am I on? Yes, you are. Who is this? Bingo. This is Rapunzel. Rapunzel, welcome to the show. I can't believe it. I thought I'll never get on. Well, <laughs> And you're here. Well, I'm on. Yeah. Yeah, so, well... This is kind of a, a do-over of what you just said, but um, about talking about feeling that profound sense when it's just you and what you're seeing. And I was in uh, the north shore of Lake Superior in Minnesota. Beautiful place, and the farther north you go, the more wilderness it gets. And you can even go into the Boundary Waters and get a permit. You, you tell them what your plan is, you can camp on your own little island. I mean, it's, and if you don't come out when you say you're coming out, they'll send a search party for you. I mean, it's it's like it's that, rough, huh? but it's great. Yeah, it's awesome. So anyway, I was on the North Shore of Lake Superior. My friend wasn't with me at the time, and it was sunset time, and I was one of those places where the angle of the trees and, you know, where the sun was positioned was that wonderful juxtaposition of it being right on the edge of the water in the horizon and it was that bright orange you know and and I was watching it mm. and waiting for it to set and and then all of a sudden boom like a like a coin in a piggy bank it went down and I looked around me and I was completely alone and I thought did anybody else see that? Because, you know, it's it's different depending where you're standing. And I, I just had this profound sense that I was the only one that had seen that, that God had put that out there for me. And um, it, it just rendered me, you know, utterly speechless and, you know, exposed and, and then, and it was this God said to me, you know, I do stuff every day. And it was this sense, well, gosh, we don't pay attention half the time, do we? Oh, yeah. I, I, that is a wonderful, uh, a, a wonderful thought right there about uh, 
about having that moment and Walter tell me what you think about that having that moment of realization that as you are you're gazing upon so, gazing upon something that is obviously so um, I don't know spectacular in a natural sense it's just so spectacular whether it be man-made or naturally like wow a sunset a sunrise whatever the hell it is that's going on in the sky or around us and um, and to not only um, to not only soak it in and realize the beauty of what's going on right there, but to also realize that these spectacular things are happening all around us all the time. And that mm-hmm. for the most part, we are just, we're doing what we have to do. And there's no judgment for, for getting on with life. But um, it, it, these are not uh, rare occurrences that we really, we're, we live in a world that is just full of things that could only be described as you know master artistic masterpieces miracles going on all around us and it's really just about plucking them out thank you so much for the call minnesota oh thank you wonderful to have you on that's rapunzel right there what do you think about that the the plenty of the 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 real the bounty of uh miraculous natural occurrences all around us yeah well i mean the world it's an amazing place i mean there's there's a lot of ugliness but there's a tremendous amount of beauty and um yeah, I mean, it makes you it makes you grateful to be alive to, to to witness those things, and I mean, it's it's rejuvenating, and it makes you want to keep going out for more, and um, yeah, it's what keeps me going, looking for that next big big uh, moment out there in the woods. I mean, you never know what you're gonna find, you never know where you're gonna see, but you can't you won't find or see anything unless you actually look for it. Yeah, um, I have a call. Uh, I mean, I have a a super chat over here on the Rumble from Cody and Cody says can you ask Walter if he's ever been to southeast New Mexico or west Texas area it's a wild place and not just desert and sand there's caves there's mountains etc I have not been to that area I've been to um, uh, Arches uh, Canyonlands uh, years ago but uh, I mean I would love to get out to that area eventually Uh, my goal at some point would be to you know travel through the west Really, I'm really curious about the Pacific Northwest, but I hear tremendous things about the the Southwest as well. And I'm, as we were talking about earlier, with the dark skies. I mean, I hear like the skies there because the humidity is so low. That's really some of the best places to see, uh, you know, astronomical events and the Milky Way and things like that. But no, I haven't. I haven't been down to uh, that part of the country. Let's say, and this is these are great exercises to do. Um, yeah, it's a couple of years down the down the the, the line. You're editing has gotten better your your you your vision of how you want to put videos has gotten better you just you just stick with it and people are loving it they're eating it all up and and you you have all of a sudden a really respectable budget that has has arrived so you can upgrade equipment and maybe even plan uh, a, a trip or two that get takes you away for a week to go see a different part of the country maybe one to three times a year where is the first place that you would like to do you have a short list of places that you really want to go to uh yeah i got a i got a big list <laughs> okay l- l- give me the top 10 then okay um well as as the caller was just talking about i believe northern michigan mm-hmm. northern michigan is is absolutely uh, a place well I w- she was minnesota but oh, yeah well, okay, i'm sorry minnesota okay she said boundary waters yeah well that that whole area of the upper uh, great lakes um minnesota northern michigan uh, um lake superior area that's all that's on the list 
Um, I would like to do some more extensive uh, explorations into the Adirondacks. I find that to be an absolutely gorgeous, fascinating place. The, the history of it. Um, people don't realize how large of an area that is, and how, how it's truly the wildest area in the east of the United States. Um, also, really like the Pacific Northwest. I think if I had to name one place, I want to see the redwoods. I've always like been fascinated by trees. Um, and, and like the coastline of Northern California, um, uh, Olympic National Park, um, like like the Northwest, any anywhere where you have mountains meet the ocean, which is why I'm so excited about uh, about Acadia because that's really the only place in the United States on the East where like the mountains literally dive into the ocean. I, I find that fascinating. You're gonna see all that when you go to Acadia this this fall. You're gonna see the be- those beautiful pink granite. I Coast, I, it's you're, it's just gonna be incredible. You're going to love it, and I can't wait to see what the hell, um, what you do, how many um, dying red squirrels you find, um, whatever, whatever. I'll, whatever. Be, I'll <laughs> be looking for them. Yeah, no, yes, yeah, I'll say a prayer for them all. But I, um, you know, uh, when you, we talk about the Pacific Northwest, obviously there has to be some kind of paranormal considerations for that too. I mean, that is UFO and Bigfoot. I mean, the stomping grounds. Yeah. to say the least. So you got to consider that. That's a dual. That's a dual. Uh, dual natured mission right there. Absolutely. And I, you know, sometimes I wonder. You know, they grow. They grow some really good. Um, grow some really good bud out there. So maybe, maybe, oh, maybe what they're seeing out there could be. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, it could, <laughs> it could be. be. You know, enhancing it too. So I don't know. I mean, I. You know. It could, you know, I'm, it's amazing you bring that up because <laughs> you, you're talking about doing things that doing things even in local areas that. That you say, oh, well, if I'm going to have an outdoors experience, if I'm going to have some kind of a, 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 a moment for myself to connect with something bigger than what my day was all about, then well, I, I have to go somewhere far out. I remember we lost access to the roof in this vid- this this um, building probably at the end of 2016, early 2017. Of course, somebody else ruined everybody's access to the roof. They had left red cups up there and mm-hmm. shit like that. Yeah. But, dude, in June, when we moved in here in 2015, all throughout the rest of 2015, 2016, and early 2017, especially in June when we had those long days when the sun's going down at 9 p.m., I was still doing a one-hour-long show at that time. So I would get off here. I would go live at 7 o'clock. I'd get off at 8 o'clock, and then I'd round up the guys We'd all go up to the, the, the roof, right. we'd, we'd smoke a joint, and we would watch the sunset from up there. And it didn't even matter that we were in the middle of a New York suburb, and it, it was just, it was incredible. And we lost access to even that. Uh, that, that. That brings me back. Speaking of Bud, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, it's ironic you say that, because one of the uh, first places I lived when, when I was younger was uh, an apartment that had a, a roof, uh, a flat roof that... Well, one of the first things I did when I moved in there, I was told by the landlady, it was like, you know, you, there, was a, there was a lock on there. You're not allowed up there. So, of course, the first thing we did was break the lock and go up there. And we had, like, we had a nice view of uh, the skyline of Philadelphia. And that was definitely, you talking about that just brought up some memories of the, the old rooftop deck, we would call it. There's so much. <laughs> there's, the spot. there's so much there. Um, we're, we're jumping over to the Gilded right now, and I have Cave Toad. That is hanging out in the beautiful places chat. Cave Toad, are you there? You're muted. Cave Toad. Three, two, one. 
that's something we had uh, going on at um, let's go take somebody else in Minnesota cat you're on what's going on on the gilded oh now she left that's something that was happening when we were on uh, discord as well people stayed muted and walked away and went to the bathroom here let's take another caller in on the on the gilded Marie oh, that's Marie that's something that was happening when we were on uh, Marie. as well people stayed muted Marie. and walked away and went to the bathroom here let's take another caller in Marie. on the the gilded Marie oh, that's Marie that's something that was happening when we were on Marie uh, please Marie. Oh God! Oh Marie, you're killing me. Oh, you're killing me, Marie. Okay, we're gonna try that again in a little bit. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's go on over to take a call from Jody. Jody, welcome to the show. Jody. Hello. Hello, Jody. Go right ahead. Oh, hi there. Uh, I just turned off the uh, the feed. Um, I have done extensive traveling in my 67 years, uh, all over Europe, uh, most recently in Costa Rica for three months oh. with my partner, Larry. And uh, I just wanted to relay uh, an experience uh, that I had several years ago, probably 10 years ago in the Pacific Northwest, where I do believe we did experience um, at least the sounds, didn't see, but the sounds of a Bigfoot. Oh. <laughs> Bigfoot country. It's um, Harrison Lake in uh, outside east of um, Vancouver, British Columbia. Oh, so Jody, and, uh, Jody, uh, yeah. get you, I want to hear the rest of your story for sure. But how, uh, the biggest question is, how did you know? Um, how, do, how do you know that this was the scream, the howl of a Bigfoot, of a Sasquatch? It, we did not hear a scream or howl. We were camping uh, at the side of Harrison Lake, which is recognized as Sasquatch country. And it was quite late. We were around... Um, um, kind of just the embers of a, a big bonfire that we, you know, that we had made camping. Um, it was off-road, off of um, a logging camp road um, up the side of Harrison Lake. Uh -huh. And it was getting to be about 2 a.m. maybe later. Um, and there had been some campsites with people partying, but that had all died down. And then suddenly we heard the sounds of, I don't know what it was, but it sounded like it was a very, very large creature. And the, the campsites are not um, attached. So this would have had to have been moving through the, the forest or the brush. And it sounded like with each um, step that it was <laughs> probably several hundred pounds because of the sound of each step. It was laborious, and uh, we didn't hear breathing, but it could not have been like a joke or a prank from a fellow camper, and we both looked at each other, and our jaw dropped, and we kind of mouthed, oh my God, and it, it, it seemed like eternity that this happened, but it probably only was about 30, 40 seconds, 
and I will never forget it for the rest of my life. And, and just and That's it, all I can say. so you're you're feeling obviously you're saying you can feel this. Uh, it, it had weight behind it. It was laborious, but you didn't hear any breathing or panting or anything like that. So this was a a heavy object that was obviously making some sort of a discernible impact on the ground because you can you can feel right. the weight near you but then after 30 or 40 seconds right. there is just you didn't hear it like going away it just stopped uh no we heard it um quieting down the the sound okay. of the the stepping i guess gotcha and um and then it just it, you know it just stopped like it didn't enter the campsite it was on the periphery of the campsite we were rather close to the water because we were doing a great deal of camping on Harrison, not camping, canoeing on Harrison Lake. And I just know, and my husband at the time uh, knew that this was um, just, a, a, I don't know, just a crazy experience. It's, some, it's, it's something like, you would never... You would shook up, shook you, up. You definitely yeah. never forget it. And uh, you can tell it's still as no. real as the day it happened. Thank you, Jody. Thank you, Jody, for sharing that. Please, thank you so much. Yeah, first time caller wanted to call and share that one. I hope you call in and, again. And can I just add? Can I just add very quickly that uh, if people want to see incredible wildlife and wilderness, I really recommend. We recommend uh, Costa Rica. Costa Rica. I hear that. I hear that a lot. That it's a, a really wonderful place to to relocate to. Yeah, well, we might one day, but we have grandchildren here in yeah. British Columbia, so uh, we plan to return for sure. Thank you. You know where I'm going to relocate to, uh, Walter? I'm going to relocate to one of the islands that they, they created all the dinosaurs for on Jurassic Park. Okay. Isla, Isla Sorna. Is that what it's called? I think in, the, in Jurassic Park. I want to go live with the dinosaurs. Uh, I'm, going to go to, I'm going to go back to, um, to Gilded, and let's try again. What's going on, Cave Toad? Are you there? Hey, Cave Toad. Hello. Hey, what's going on, man? You are on the air. You know, Frank, if you can hear me, I can't hear you. That's the problem I'm having right now. Oh, I, I can hear you. I can I'm obviously not a first-time caller. Can you So you, you can't hear me right now. But, yeah, still trying to figure out Gilded. I'm okay. So well, listen, you know what? You're halfway there. You're halfway there, and just... Uh, Keep up. I'll put you back into the other line, and uh, you just you just keep it up because you're you're halfway there. Everybody heard you. Um, it's all right. F figure out that gilded because it's it's going to be a really really good resource for us going forward. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, another really quick break. When we come back, boom. Just a just a second or two. Hey. So this is my crib for the night where I'm staying. But you want to see something more magical? First, I've got to change into something more adventurous. Come on, follow me. That's better. Had a friend, you looking for a message board? Go to quitefrankly.tv and enter the forum. Engage with official show topic threads or start your own thread. Get signed up. It's that easy. And it's not Reddit, so don't sweat it. For the forum and then so much more, it's quitefrankly.tv. Yeehaw. 
You're listening to Quite Frankly. It's only going to get weirder. The level of contradiction is going to rise excruciatingly, even beyond the excruciating present levels of contradiction. <laughs> so uh, I think it's just going to get weirder and weirder and weirder, and finally it's going to be so weird that people are going to have to talk about how weird it is. And at that point, novelty theory can come out of the woods uh, because eventually people are going to say, what the hell is going on? It's just too nuts. It's not enough to say it's nuts. You have to explain why it's so nuts. We have Cody over here asking again, would, Wal would Walter travel to Hyperborea with me if I had a submarine and set coordinates to the under, uh, and I set the coordinates to the under ocean portal? Um, you can answer that, Walter, if you'd uh, like. Not if it's the uh, Titanic sub. I was going to ask you this before, and I'm glad somebody else went to the underwater, the underwater question, because I... If you are into experiencing nature, would you ever go in uh, it, it, explore the ocean? If someone asked you, "Hey, hey, come in our submarine," um, I, I, I'm what, not. A, what's your line? In the, do you have any lines in the sand of where you would go? Yeah, I'm not in like an extreme uh, adventure taker. I like a, I'm like more like a I like staying terrestrial. I think. I mean, I'll go on I'll go out on a boat, but uh, like oceans make me a little nervous. Yeah, there's a sense that like you're just you're just so small and, and you know, so many things can go wrong in that. There's a sense that you don't have control, maybe. Or maybe that's just how I feel. But You have um, a lot less control. Yeah. Or, you, or at least you have the, the feeling of less control. But right. uh, I'm more of a terrestrial guy. Forest, I think, is where I like to be. Let's take another call. Uh, Minnesota Cat, let's try this again. You there? No, bounced out. Let's try Shake and Bake. Shake and Bake, welcome back. How you doing? Uh, sorry, I was trying to help the guys in the room, uh, sorry. Oh, do you hear me, though? Yeah, yeah, I hear you just fine, yeah, I, the, the, the people are having problems with their settings, I'm just trying to help them real quick, so well, I'm sorry for you. In. You are the person who can help them, because your settings sound fantastic. I'll go, I'll go send you back down to Cave Toad. Thank you so much for the help, Shake and Bake. So if you need any help with your gilded settings, get in there right now, and Shake and Bake will tell you exactly how to get it done, all right? All right, let's see here. Let's take another call. Um, 920-920, you're on the air. Who's this? And w tell us about the most beautiful site you've ever seen in nature. Well, hi, Frank. Um, I'm my, I'm Kristen. I'm calling from Wisconsin. Hey, Kristen. And um, the place I wanted to tell you about, it's called um, Door Bluff Headland. And you, said, you said Door, um, door Bluff what? Headlands. Headlands. Yeah, and it's a county park, and it's at the very tip of Door County, which is like you know how Wisconsin's kind of shaped like a a mitten yeah. or a hand. It's that part that juts out into the bay, and on the other side is like Michigan. Mm. 
Well, the cool thing, I mean, it's like a huge tourist attraction, and there's like a lot of people that go up there, but this park is just completely untouched. And there's no trails. It's right on the water. And Door County is actually part of the Niagara Escarpment. So the the rock that, like, Niagara Falls is on, that runs all the way to Wisconsin. So Door County is, like, it's all rocky, and it's really pretty. Um, that does sound nice. The cool thing... The, the cool thing about that place is that there's a petroglyph um, that's painted on the rocks there, and it depicts um, a battle that happened with the Native Americans back in the day. And how old is um, this? Is, is, is it a uh, an ancient glyph? Um, it's hard to say because there's not a lot of um, history on it, um, but they think it's at least 400 years old. Wow. You yeah, see, and wow. the white man's legend, and I say that because, like, the only history that we have is of a guy at, like, the turn of the century who traveled through that county and was taking in information from the people that lived there. They said that there was two warring tribes. One was more peaceful. They lived in Door County, and there was another that was uh, more aggressive, and they, were they like, pushed that tribe all the way up to the tip of the county onto this place called Washington Island, which is like an island that's right off the tip. And there's a bluff, it's called Death's Bluff, in that park, and it looks over the water. And the legend is that they sent some warriors to that area to have like a bonfire to signal the canoes that were coming from Washington Island because they were going to ambush that other tribe. But the warriors were captured and the other tribe lit um, the bonfire at a different spot and those warriors from the, the island crashed into the rocks. Ah, oh, wow. So, well, yeah, hey. it's pretty crazy. See, those are the stories. Like, those are the stories there and I... Uh, and I know uh, Walter. It's in your, it's in your your bio about how you really do like seeking out any kind of historic landmarks as well. And I know they're all over the place. And, and legends like that, those are dime a dozen. And that doesn't mean them. When I say dime a dozen, it doesn't make them cheap. It's just like they're all over the place. There's so much ancient history around here. Right. Um, have you been able to uncover anything, uh, anything like that, or learn anything like that in the last couple of years, or is it still something that's just on your, on your priorities list, the things you want to be doing? Yeah, I've certainly learned a lot, you know, through my research. I haven't, you know, uncovered anything, you know, myself that's not already known. But uh, it was interesting she was talking about the petroglyphs because there is a place in uh, south central Pennsylvania. There is an, an island in the Susquehanna River that you can actually uh, boat out to, you know, canoe or kayak that, that has uh, petroglyphs that are estimated to be... Uh, almost like 1500 or 2000 years old right in the middle of the river in pennsylvania and you would never think you, you associate those type of things with the southwest but that's just an example of that yeah like, like you said these things are everywhere and uh, the more you keep digging the more you keep finding and um yeah i mean the, the, the european the history of europeans here in america and and the native americans you know going back thousands of years so yeah so much history in, in this part of the country 
it is fascinating. It is. I, I'm, I had mentioned it in the beginning when I was doing all of my announcements that later on this month, or actually I think next week, uh, I have a guest coming on who is from the Montana area who has uh, recently gotten uh, a, a good amount of attention on the Internet uh, through his own hikes um, where he has found wall structures that seem megalithic that you have these ancient structures that in very polygonal pieces of of um of rock that have been fit that fit together so precisely that there's just there's no space in between them and um so i, I it really makes you wonder just how far back and how intricate the civilizations were and how many great resets there really were on the planet um, that's it's always one of those nagging questions I love entertaining um, here's a uh, here's a, a super chat from Scott Bigler Scott says most beautiful place the Nevada side of the White Mountains a place time has forgotten nearest town or cell service is over 40 miles from my favorite campsite uh, if we see someone that person is lost Keep up the great work, Frank Scott. Scott, it's great to hear from you again, and wonderful, wonderful contribution to the show. Thank you so much for that. Uh, let's see here. So uh, Cody asked about your time in a submarine. We got a question. We got a, we got a little bit from that. So let me go over to Pilled.net and do a couple of these. All right. Sean Joe, thank you so much. Cave Toad says, love the Jim Lee show. That was so cool that his site made some mainstream news. Doug Simi, thank you. Trump Red Pill, thank you. C. Blanche says, thanks, Frank. Great guest. I'll be following Walter. I'm in the Keystone. Paulie9363, thanks. Robert Sarns, Sean Joe again says, great guest and very interesting show tonight, Frank. Thank you. And Sean Joe again. Cave Toads rounded out. Frank, can you make a voice room for testing or chatting on Gilded? Trying to figure this stuff out. Well, it seems like you're getting some good good help. Or you were. There's nobody in there anymore. Uh, well, hopefully that all worked out. We're getting there. We are getting there. And, you know, I, again, I wanted to just say, the, re the biggest reason why I love having you on here, Walter, is because you are, you're starting out in many ways in this respect. And you're doing something that... Uh, that all of us should be doing now you're going to a, a a new level with it with a production aspect and your capture I, I think that that is just wonderful but uh it really takes nothing for people to have to seek these tiny moments that they can have for themselves in their personal lives and it doesn't have to be public it, it, it really is just all about how are you spending time with yourself and uh that that's that's really uh that's really some good Good things to think of going forward. Um, let's take a call again. Uh, BJ's Sandbagger. What's going on, BJ's? BJ? Hello? Are you there, BJ? Um, this is his sister. Oh, what's going on, BJ's sister? How are you? Well, I'm all right. Are you trying to get a hold of him? No, no, no. You called me. Oh, this is Frank, huh? Yeah, this is Frank. <laughs> I don't know why it came up that. Um, is your is your brother uh, is he a, is he a sandbagger? Yeah. Okay, so he he puts sand in bags for retail. 
Yes. Okay. He, he sells it to like the oil fields and um, flooding and stuff like that. Nice. Very nice. Uh, okay. Well, I learned a little bit about your brother, and now <laughs> and now you. So, what's your name? And go right ahead with your story. Um, okay. This is Razel. Razel. Yeah. Okay. I like that and name. I'm from. <laughs> thank you. And I'm from Texas. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I wanted to say I have been to so many beautiful places. It's hard to even start. Um, I'm a scuba diver, so oh. I've been down to Bonaire, and it's beautiful down there. And I saw my first seahorse. Uh, a wild seahorse. Mountain. I climbed the mountains in Hawaii, and um, while everybody else was in helicopters, we were waving at them because we got we climbed to the top. And um, it was beautiful climb. And um, I've been to Albania where the, um, in the mountains there's a castle and then you're looking over and it's absolutely stunningly beautiful and especially after snow. Um, I've just, I have been so blessed to have seen so many beautiful places. Um, but the, the, Thailand was absolutely gorgeous. Oh, so you're a world you're a uh, world traveler. You're a, I mean this is bigger than uh the, most people do. You're really lucky to have traveled the world like this. That's incredible. I am truly blessed. I worked for 5 years in Iraq as a contractor, so I didn't come home. I just I just traveled. That's well. That's uh, I. I really appreciate this. Uh, so uh, now, obviously, it's hard. But as you said, when you've seen so many things, you're just it, it just becomes one big amalgam of I. You've just seen so much beauty. If you were going to, um, I, I know that certain regions of the world would have a little bit more distinct characteristics than others. What do you prefer? Do you prefer island nations? Do you do you prefer uh, a desert? Do you prefer the 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 time you spent snorkeling under the water, scuba diving? Do you do you prefer the life under the sea? I mean, just uh, I don't know. If you're going to pick anywhere first, what is the what's the thing that really resonates with you the most? It would be scuba diving. Really? Okay. But everywhere I went, there was beauty everywhere. Even in the desert, um, it just it just everywhere has its it has a beauty, and um, anywhere that God made, it's just it's just gorgeous. The whole world. Well, I'm really appreciative of you getting through tonight, and uh, I think, thankfully, uh, hopefully, you'll you'll call in again. And please send well, all. You go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, um, it's it's a blessing to talk to you. I'm I'm a first time caller, but I've been listening to you for years. You had the first time I ever saw you. You had very long hair, and uh, you were twirling it around, and I. Was, just um it just cracked me up i said this guy's got it oh wait a second but, the wig yes okay i was gonna say you know you're probably talking about my brother that i realize i remember that was probably halloween what 2017 18 i don't know when the hell that was 
<laughs> it no, was a long time ago, yeah. Yeah, Walter. I mean, Walter doesn't know me that long, but he knows I I, I don't have long flowing <laughs> locks of hair. So so he was probably like, oh whoa, what the hell's going on there? Does she have this wrong? Like, no, Walter. I uh, sometimes I show up dressed for Halloween, right. and um, it's something. It's just as simple as uh, having, I don't know, hair down to my ass for a day. But I'm I'm glad that that stuck with you, and I'm glad that you got in tonight. Well, thank you so much. And what did you want me to send you? No, I was going to say that if you ever uh, didn't c get through again uh, or or on time to contribute to a, uh, to a call like this, always remember you can email me and to send your brother all of our regards as well because I feel like we've learned a little bit about him as well. Oh, okay, I sure will. Okay. Um, I I appreciate you and um, I, I love I love it when you talk about your daughter. Uh, she just seems like a, a really, she's going to be a great human being. I appreciate that. And I, I can't wait to have her uh, come on the show a little bit more. And so so you can you can see a little bit of what she's turning into. It's, it's really something to behold. And uh, I, I love Sharon as much as I can to a, uh, to a, a modest degree. But I, I, I really, I'm always busting at the seams to say something. But I, I don't just want to overexpose her. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, you are one of the smartest people, and you are so beyond your years. Um, you're a very old soul, and I just, I love the music. I mean, I'm in my 60s, but the music and the, the um, just the, the, the Broadway, the things that you bring um, are not what an everyday audience is a, is um aware of you know um you, you have I appreciate like it. Um, the old stuff the old school stuff old school um, even, it, it's got to get you know and 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 thank you thank you again for the compliments i'm glad that that is that that's the experience of people out there because it's the the old school's got to become new school because we need some revivals around here what do you think walking taking a walk in the uh in in the woods is all that's old school walter Yep, that's how that's how they did it back in the day. You got everywhere by walking, that's for sure. Everywhere by walking. <laughs> and and they didn't even have the shoes that we have these days, too. No. Wonderful calls from Texas to uh, all over the place to the 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 Minnesota. This is a good one. Um now Walter, uh, we're we're starting to run out of time here. Tell me what is on the calendar for you. Now, your your website, like I said, I have the link in there. I'm going to put that up on the screen so people can go and click through and, and see what you got going on. But oh, what's on your itinerary for the rest of the summer? Do you have videos that are uh, about ready to be released? What should people look out for you soon? Okay, well, um, I like we had said, we'll be, I'll be heading up to uh, Acadia in the fall. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, I'm going to be continuing to uh, hyper-focus my explorations in the uh, primarily in the north central and northeastern part of pennsylvania uh the loyal sox state forest uh some of the state forest lands in the north central part of the state um tremendous tremendous scenery out there wild landscapes uh, waterfalls and um i'll be chasing waterfalls and uh uh yeah you know just continuing to uh, get out there as far as i can and um I, I do have some projects lined up. I have another project I'll be starting uh, this weekend uh, in, in the Pocono Mountains, which are, are you know probably familiar to you. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, I'll just be hitting, getting out there as much as I can and um, 
you know, doing my best to showcase the beauty of nature and bringing people along. And uh, yeah. That's it. And, and you know what, what you're going to do is, and continue to do is you're going to inspire other people to do this same thing. And I think, again, that is one of the uh, really interesting perks of the work that you're doing in this in this hobby, this passion of yours, is that it's going to eventually piece together the entire country by having people in different states and different regions who, you know, they have they have the same kind of constrictions for travel and all that as well. But you're going to start all communicating with each other and um, and and contributing and collaborating, and then eventually, I don't know. That's just that's just it. This is almost like the new Discovery Channel. It's the decentralized Discovery Channel. Everybody's doing their part, and it's it's really wonderful to see it uh, starting to formulate like this. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that description. That sounds pretty good. I mean, I, you know, it, it, it's, it's free content. I mean, you know, and uh, yeah, I'm hyper focused in my area. Other people are doing their areas. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just nature. Is a, it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, just, yeah, makes me happy doing it. Well, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that you were here with us tonight, man. I really do. And, and it'd be great to have you back sometime. Um, I have I want to try one more call from Gilded. Okay. Let's see if Moby, you hear me, Moby? Yo, Moby. Oh, they, they bounced out. Well, we had a lot of that in Discord in the day, so we'll we'll try to work this out. Always trying to introduce new things to the, uh, the repertoire here. So uh, that's all we have for tonight. Uh, Walter Zolna is linked in the description. He's on the screen right now. Behind him is his uh, YouTube channel. I see a lot of you have already clicked through to him and subscribed. That's a wonderful thing. And tomorrow is Friday. Not only is Matt going to be in tomorrow night to hang out and do some random things, but we're going to have an exclusive call with Sal Greco. Um, so don't miss any of that. Thank you again to everybody on the, the Pilled on Foxhole. I'm going to release the scratching right now and to everybody on rumble make me let me make sure that i got all the rumble rants in yep those are all done and on the quite frankly superchat.com we're all caught up there too last one was alaska matt that was a great one all right man well uh you've been a wonderful guest thank you for making the trek out here and i hope that you get home safe and sound and ready for work early in the morning tomorrow Thank you so much for having me on. It was just, this was a real honor and a real pleasure, and I really appreciate it. Well, you know what? Next time, now that we've we've got you introduced, uh, anytime you have something new come out, please send it over to me. So I, I mean, I'll I'll see it because I'm subscribed. But uh, I'd love to just keep up with you, especially if you ever find something or have a really remarkable experience. I, I want to uh, we we can put your stuff into the 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 network programming. Awesome. So there's a lot of great things we can do, and uh, I wish you nothing but the best, man. You're you're having a, a, a creating a good human experience for yourself and others. Well, thank you so much, and I like I said, I, I just I'm really humble, humbled and flattered. And just one final message for everyone out there, you know, just. Try it yourself. Just get outside. Get out into nature. Enjoy it. You can thank me later because you'll feel better after you experience some time out in the woods. And um, it, Trust me, you'll like it. <laughs> he told you so. He told you so. All right, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And uh, that's for, as for right now. Um, I think that's it. I'll see you soon. Good night. I'll catch you on the flip side.
frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. And now our super chatters, starting with Alaska Matt, Stostu, Dooku Dan, and Corey James. Corey James has loved the show. Daily listener. Thank you so much, Corey James. Thank you to Cody117 on the Rumble and uh, and the, all of our friends on Foxhole on QuiteFrankly.tv. Well, that's all for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Become a sponsor of the show. All of that can be found on QuiteFrankly.tv on the sponsor section or in the links that are provided to you in the description below this episode. For now, I don't know. Go have something nice to eat, something cold to drink, and tomorrow's another day. Good night. Okay, Chief, take him away. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife.